Hello, my name is Dexter Nelson II. I'm the curator of comic books for OK Pop, and I'm speaking today with Michelle Brown, the program director of the Greenwood Cultural Center. We are here in the Maple B. Little house on the campus of Greenwood Cultural Center. Um, we just wanted to have a discussion about the HBO series Watchmen and um, compare and contrast that to the actual 1921 massacre in Greenwood. And we thought, who better to talk to that about than one of the experts on that, which is Michelle here. So uh, with that said, let's just uh, dive into it. Okay. So um, first impression, how do you feel about the show and as a whole? I absolutely love the show. So I was shocked at the uh, opening scene in the premiere, the way that they depicted um, the Tulsa Race Massacre. I, I was just blown away. I didn't expect for it to be so graphic. Um, I was really impressed with the way that it was done. And that's interesting because it is on HBO. So it's, you know, they don't have to follow all the, the guidelines that normal television does. So it can be, they can push the boundaries on yes. violence and things like that. So I think they really did a good job in, in showing the, the tragedy of it. Yes. But one thing that I've noticed that was interesting was that, you know, here in Tulsa, we've been trying to get the word out about the massacre for mm -hmm. 40, 50 years. Yes. And overnight. 1.5 million people <laughs> were introduced to the to the massacre wow. overnight and so it, you know it was trending the next day it was trending the following week it was but as it was it was people were calling it incorrect names like the tulsa riots massacre and that you know a lot of the information wasn't quite there it, it was close but it wasn't accurate as like i would have liked it for instance because i'm looking at it from a first a, you know comic book enthusiast yeah I'll say, and also you know historian and so there's some parts of it that I felt were a little less accurate or could have been done differently. Um, okay. Were you looking at that the same way? Or? What parts did you think were not accurate? Well, some of it was like the um, the the clan robes. From okay. What, from what I've read, I haven't seen anything that, you know, a lot of the people there may have been associated with the clan, but wasn't necessarily they were robed and you know it's small details and during like the that. massacre mm -hmm. yeah well i can see your point but you're right i didn't realize it was so many people that watched that initial mm -hmm. um, episode but the social media accounts began to just blow up and so i started following those and i would comment that you know there is an actual greenwood cultural center mm -hmm. where you can learn about this history <laughs> there was a tulsa race massacre many people thought that this like what are they talking about and didn't mm -hmm. realize that this was actual history this actually happened yeah, and that's that's interesting that you said that because i heard a lot of that as well people were like what is this and you see a lot of you know people of color celebrities of color saying yeah this is a thing this happened yes and it just it blew a lot of people's minds away that that happened not too long ago you know almost 100 years ago right so have you experienced any kind of reaction because i'm sure you with the green cultural center you're kind of the, the vanguard of, of that information. So have you seen any change since Watchmen? Absolutely. I mean, we have had so many new tourists to visit because of that uh, series, because of the Watchmen series. People are eager to know more about what happened. And they touched on it in that opening scene, but it, it really just caused people to ask a lot of questions, like what mm -hmm. really happened? So people have wanted uh, been wanting to visit. Um, they've been coming in, dropping in. We've seen a lot of people just out of nowhere, just stopping in uh, to view the photographs and learn more about the history. Um, our social media um, has really increased with activity, people wanting to ask questions, finding out more about it. And then a couple of people have called 
I had a um, older woman that called that said that she wanted to come in and do the DNA test. Wow. And we said, <laughs> we said, there's not actually a DNA test that we're doing at this time. But uh, she actually believed that we were testing uh, DNA samples from potential descendants of the uh, massacre and that there was some type of reparations that was going to be available. Um, so, yeah, this has done so much to help tell the story of the massacre. Mm-hmm. Now, it, and you're right, it, it's it's an avenue to tell this story that people don't know about, but I'm, I'm always cautious about, you know, people thinking stuff like that, that there are reparations that they can get their DNA tested. And is there any danger to that, to that kind of misinformation about that? Well, definitely. You don't want people to be misinformed or misled. Um, You don't want to get their hopes up and believe that there is some type of reparations that are available that, um, it's just dangerous. It's definitely dangerous to have misinformation out there. And we don't want people to be misinformed about the history itself. We've done, um, we've worked so hard to make sure that the story was told and told accurately, um, based very much on the oral histories of some of our survivors. So it's important to us that this story is told, but we do want it to be told accurately. In the show, they also have, I believe they call it the Greenwood Culture heritage center museum or something along those lines (laughs) and i mean as you know you're aware that they're redoing the current greenwood cultural center and it's interesting because then you know it's a it's not a real show and so they have holograms and they have technology that's very advanced and so it'll be interesting to kind of see how that translate and if anything's lost in expectations when the actual building is built. Right. Because we have a limited budget, the mm-hmm. Centennial Commission, in order to create this new facility, Greenwood Rising, um, and hopefully help renovate the Greenwood Cultural Center. But we definitely do not have the funds <laughs> to uh, do much of what they're doing. The DNA testing is absolutely not going to happen. Um, so we're hoping that people will not be disappointed with uh, what they will see here um, sometime in 2021. Now, again, I'm, I'm a huge comic book fan. And so the original Watchmen series came out in 1986 and in 1987. It was really groundbreaking. It was, it was kind of known when comic books became more, more adult, for lack of a better word. You know, they're yeah. gritty, more realistic. And one of the main takeaways from the original source material is this question of who watches the Watchmen. So who who's in charge of those who are in charge of people, and that touches on you know justice, injustice, over policing, things like that. So, what do you think one of the main takeaways from the show is? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned watching the Watchmen and being so well informed about the original series because I didn't know that African Americans were so interested in comic books, mm-hmm. and I think they've created a new audience for themselves. I think people are watching, um, began watching the Watchmen series because. They heard that they were going to be talking about the Tulsa race massacre, and we wanted to see how they would incorporate that storyline into the series. Um, But that makes you want to go back and learn more about the original Watchmen series and um, perhaps take a different look at comic books just in general. Um, So my takeaway from the series itself is simply not knowing the original story of the Watchmen, not having watched uh, been even even aware of uh, the uh, Watchmen series previously, 
um, my takeaway is that they have created a new uh, avenue, a new way to incorporate history. You wouldn't expect to learn about history um, in a series um, such as this or from a comic book. Mm -hmm. So I love the way that they have incorporated this into their their storyline. My takeaway is that you can include history um, and that this was important enough that they saw the significance of including this story, this part of our history in the series. That's funny you say that about taking or learning you know, historical lessons from comic books because that's that's been my whole bread and butter for years. I've been telling people, I'm like, you know, look at the material and it's deeper meaning than just art and words. It's actually you can get some historical context from it. So it's funny that you say that. Wow. Um, yeah, and there are tons of examples, but that's a that's a rant for another time. <laughs> <laughs> so I know some people were a little upset that it was filmed in Georgia and not Tulsa. Yes. Because, you know, we have such a thriving Greenwood now. And so it's interesting that they you know, took a block in Georgia and made it look like Greenwood as opposed to the actual Greenwood. And I was curious, if you had any, curious to see if you had any thoughts on that. Well, you know, we've spoken with a ton of filmmakers over the past two years or so because there are at least four films that are being produced at the moment, as far as I know. I believe that there are four. And they have all said the same thing, that is, it is just not feasible for them to film here in Tulsa, that they cannot find an area that would be easy for them to um, create that type of environment, that type of scene that they did. It's just easier for them to find a place like in Georgia or a surrounding area. I think some of the other areas that uh, other filmmakers have talked about have been like Louisiana. So they said it was just easier for them. And I don't know, you may know more about the the benefits of filming here in Oklahoma as opposed to filming in another state. What I've heard is that there are more, what's the word I'm looking for? There are more incentives to film in other states than it is in Oklahoma. I've heard that that's changing, um, but it is not as, um, it's not as beneficial to them to feel, film in Oklahoma. And that makes sense, you know, unfortunately you have to go with wherever you're going to get the best deal, you know, yeah. regardless of the kind of the history of it. But I can't, I can't help but imagine how impactful that would have been having Absolutely. that actually shot here in Tulsa. But, but with that said, they did a good job of recreating Greenwood somewhere else. Yeah. Do you, would you say you have a favorite character in the show? So my favorite character, I do love Regina King's uh, character. Who doesn't, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> She's so strong and, and powerful. And so I do love her character. Who doesn't lo love a badass female, right? <laughs> Um, and so she's definitely one of my favorites, but I, I like Mr. Manhattan as well. It's interesting, Mr. Or Dr. Manhattan being portrayed by Cal. I forget the actor's name. I don't want to butcher it because I know it's a fairly long, unique name. But um, that was really interesting, too, that you have two main characters who are African-American who are kind of driving the narrative in the story. Yes. So that was, that was really, I feel, even in 2019, that was pretty new for a TV show like that. So that was... It's nice. pretty new, and I think that the love story that they created between the two um, was good to see. They didn't create characters that were um, criminals or thugs that didn't get along, that are always fighting with each other. I mean, they created characters who um, seemed to truly love one another and created this healthy home life and were caring for their children and working and and protecting and providing for one another, very protective of one another. So that's a beautiful thing to see. Who's your favorite character? Um, 
I don't know if I have one. I, I've been really torn because, again, I'm a huge comic book fan, so I'm trying to look at it without all that knowledge going into it. Yeah. Because <laughs> originally I liked Rorschach, who now is kind of a white nationalist icon, unfortunately, <laughs> in the new <laughs> show. So I guess I'd have to go with Regina King with Sister Knight because that's a like, she's badass. She's got a great costume. You can't really yeah. beat that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Absolutely. So I think we, we touched on this um, a little bit before, but I just wanted to phrase it a little differently of what do you think the show has added to this conversation, this larger narrative of kind of elevating this story that has really been hidden for such a long time. And it seems it's this odd time where you have the mass graves looking for mass graves. You have all this various outlets of African-American resource. And now all of a sudden you have a hit pop culture show that focuses on that. So what do you think that adds to the conversation? Well, you know, it's remarkable that they can show one episode and all of a sudden a million people know about it. And we've been here for several decades telling the story and probably have not reached as many people in all of those years combined. So I think that they uh, have done so much towards helping us to get the word out, helping us to educate people and helping uh, people to realize that there is so much more history that we are not aware of and that it's our responsibility to seek out that is history, to learn outside of the textbooks. Because as you know, even here in Oklahoma where this incident occurred, our textbooks don't really talk about the massacre. And people that want to learn more about it, they have to do their research outside of the classroom. So we see people visiting the Greenville Cultural Center to learn more about it, to see the actual photographs and hear the stories from the survivors. Um, and I think they have led so much to the conversation just by getting the word out and make people, making people aware. And I, I would like to, to have seen more of Black Wall Street when it was in its heyday. Mm. And they show the massacre, and we know that that's not the entire story. Um, so at least people are doing their own research and they're looking to find out more, and that gives them that it gives us the opportunity to talk about Black Wall Street. Um, so I wish that there was somewhere in there where they could have fit that story mm. a little bit more and showed some of the actual prosperity, the thriving Black-owned businesses, uh, the successful hotels and uh, movie theaters. I mean, things that we do not have in our community today, mm. um, they had in 1921. Um, so I think that's the only part that may be a little disappointing, but hopefully they'll have many more seasons to Ho touch on that. Hopefully, yeah. I think they're it's still kind of up in the air right now if there's going to be a second season or not. So. Yes. Um, but no, that's an interesting point because I feel like people of color here in Tulsa, we, we often say that saying that it was a black utopia and then it burnt down, that's one part of the story. Like you said, that's exactly. really, it's kind of the, you know, one small part. And then it was rebuilt within five or 10 years larger than it was before. And that's actually where it was called Black Wall Street was after the massacre. That's what a lot of people don't know. So in telling this story, they are kind of leaving some of the really important narratives kind of out of, out of that. Right. Well, with that said, you know, since you are the, you know, one of the experts of Greenwood, is there anything else that you think that the show should have shown or should have shown maybe more aside from the Greenwood in its heyday of maybe something like Greenwood now? For me, myself, I'm not as, I'm not as interested in them showing Greenwood now because people can visit Greenwood now. They can see Greenwood now. So I'm more interested in them telling the history and sharing the history that we're not able to just look outside our doors and see or come to visit Tulsa and see uh, the Greenwood now. And to be honest, 
when people come to visit Greenwood now, they are often disappointed. Mm -hmm. Um, They're disappointed that there is not a Black Wall Street that exists now, that there's not a thriving Black-owned business district. And they're in some ways disappointed that when they come to visit the Greenwood Cultural Center, that there are not more exhibits, that there's not more to see. So um, I'm not really disappointed that they, they didn't focus on Greenwood now. And because I know that the entire uh, show was not focused on telling the story of the massacre in Black Wall Street, um, I'm okay with what, they, with what they did show. They definitely, they took the trauma Trauma yes. is a really big, big uh, theme throughout the show. And so I feel like they definitely captured the trauma of an event like that and how Absolutely. it affects generations as it affected Abar through Will Reeves and things like that. But um, you, we, you and I have talked before about um, in the museum world of actual artifacts and mm-hmm. things you can actually see from the massacre and how there's really a lack of artifacts. I mean, partially due to it being a all burned down or destroyed. Yes. And so in, in the show, you know, they have, I think they have piece of the dreamland theater, <laughs> you know, marquee mm-hmm. in, in their fake museum. But so how does, how does an organization like the Greenwood Cultural Center deal with that when there's a lack of kind of physical evidence to help tell that story? Well, you know, we are hopeful that as we approach the centennial, that more people will come forward with memorabilia, with, and that's not the word I want to use, but with artifacts, mm-hmm. with um, documents. And we have had a few people to come forward as we have begun the discussion around the mass graves investigation. We've asked for descendants of the uh, victims to contact us so that we could record their oral histories, their stories as well. At some point in the future, there's been some discussion that we may need their DNA um, to compare with uh, the bodies that may be excavated at some point. And so we actually have had a few people to come forward with um, items that they would like to donate. One in particular was a a white man that called that said that he had possession of a gun that was used to massacre African-Americans during the, um, this event. And he wanted to donate that to the Greenwood cultural center. And he told me a long story about his family's involvement in the uh, massacre. And so we're hoping that he will come forward and that others will uh, come forward with oral histories, definitely, but with, artifacts that we can put on display that will help to tell the story. Wow. He came in with a firearm. That's, that's intense. He emailed me a picture of a firearm Mm. that he said was only used during the massacre. Wow. Well, and that's, that's so important. Like you said about, you know, all sides of the story, you know, getting the white perspective as well as the African-American perspective on this and the Native American perspective as well. Yes. And that's definitely just to make it all encompassing to all visitors. And that's absolutely because this is not just black history. This is not just black history. This is Tulsa's history. This is Oklahoma's history. This is our nation's history. And while there were many whites that participated in the murdering of innocent men, women, and children, there were people that came forward that risked their own lives to help protect um, African-Americans during that time. Everyone's story deserves to be told. Whatever their participation or their response, their involvement was in this incident, everyone's story plays um, a part, is a piece of the puzzle 
Right. So we we want people to come forward and tell their stories. And, you know, I'm from Tulsa, Tulsa native, born and raised here and attended school in North Tulsa where we had a black history class. We had black educators and no one ever talked about the Tulsa race massacre or Black Wall Street. And my mother, when she moved here in 1970, um, cared for an elderly white gentleman who on his deathbed rambled on about the shootings and the guns and the fires. And she went to her in-laws and asked, what is he talking about? What happened here? And they said, look, we don't talk about that around here. And don't go asking anybody about it. And I, as a, uh, a young child, overheard that uh, conversation, but no one ever spoke about it again. I didn't learn about it in its entirety until I came here in 1995 on a tour. And that shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't take years for people to find out about this history. Not when you live here, not when you've been born and raised here, not when you used to walk the streets of Greenwood. Um, to not know about that history is such an injustice, um, which brings us back to the, the conversation about injustices. But um, that's one that we can help remedy. Well, that's definitely something that your organization, the Greenwood Cultural Center, does very well is you all have portraits and galleries of survivors so you can tell tell their narratives and victims as well it's it's really powerful and we appreciate what you guys are doing thank you um, last question um if uh regina king hears this is there anything you'd like to say to her <laughs> well let me stop blushing first right so we would just like to say job well done thank you so much she actually reposted an article from um, the post that talked about this part of our history. She addressed it on social media and said, Hey, I understand a lot of people don't know that this actually happened. Here's uh, some information. This did happen. And so from, for me personally, that spoke volumes um, to have her actually acknowledge it and to say, you need to learn more about this. You need to know that this really happened. So we would just like to say, we appreciate that uh, because many people um, are reluctant to come forward and speak out. There are people from Tulsa. Um, we've had, I don't know how many uh, famous, well-known, uh, wealthy people to come through the streets of Greenwood and to come through the Greenwood Cultural Center that have a platform where they could educate people, right? And they leave here and never mention it and don't talk about it and don't post and don't educate other people about it. So for her to do that, to use her platform to say, hey, this really happened and you need to know about it. We truly appreciate that. Well, uh, Michelle, thank you so much for talking to us today. Um, thank you. For all you listening, this is Michelle Brown from the Greenwood Cultural Center. She's a program director. And uh, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you for having me.